Thank you for listening to Two Genius, One Idiot podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Genius, One Idiot. Have a suggestion or something to say? Email us at twogeniusoneidiot at gmail.com. And now, let the games begin, motherfuckers. Hey! Two Genius, One Idiot, February 27th. Folks, here we are Woo. in the flesh on the phone. So I, I know that you said that you were going on vacation. I didn't realize you were going to call us from the container ship as you were getting through the port right now. Is that what's happening? Dude, why do why you sound so muffled? Dude, the crane just set me down. <laughs> Gently, right? Or are still? I am on the ship. I will be in Florida soon. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> That's one. That's one way to avoid airport security, I guess. What? what what's the deal? Say, what's the cargo? Yeah. Man, I got my Wi-Fi, my Oculus. I'm good. Oh, I thought you were gonna say your wife. I was like, oh, man, this guy's nope. getting into human trafficking. This is awesome. <laughs> the birth of a dawn, right here. I, I, I can't wait to see your uh, you get arrested. Oculus, huh? Yeah, Oculus. What was that? Well, I've, I've seen uh, a virtual reality headset. Yeah, no, I know. How is it? Oh, it's off the hook. I've been thinking about getting one. Yeah, so we were there. I highly recommend it. So we were actually there at uh, Mikey's house, me and Easy e for the Super Bowl, and my son was there using it for the boxing game. Yeah. And by the end of it, yeah, we, he looked pretty winded. Like, this look, this was serious. He was in there. I thought for sure he was going to slap your bearded dragon's uh, <laughs> cage at any second. It's crazy because it looks like the dude standing right in front of you. I mean, it's. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, I just, just the best part was uh, Jen like trying to sneak past him and not catch a, a hook. <laughs> <laughs> a left hook, yeah. yeah. <laughs> True story. Right. True story. Well, what's going on, y'all? I mean, end of February already, 2021. We left all our troubles behind in 2020. About to head into March. How y'all feeling? I don't know. Feeling like we found some more trouble. Yeah, I was going to say, we dropped the old ones, picked up some new ones. Jesus. <laughs> 2021's feeling real 2020-ish. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's about to feel worse than 2020. Man, I'm afraid so. You're going to get crazy. vaccinated, still be quarantined, double masked, and still ain't doing shit. Right? And how, much, man, how much longer is Fauci going to be giving this information? <laughs> You know, there is some normalcy. I saw a headline yesterday that we are dropping bombs overseas in foreign countries. So, <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> right back at it. And just in case you weren't aware, uh, we got uh, a returning guest today joining us, Money Mike, aka. Well, I guess he's not aka. He's just known as Mike Welsh, a longtime friend of the show, and he decided hey. to come on today. Just in case you were wondering who the interloper was that just chimed in. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Providing Mr. context. Mike Welsh. That's right. So we always love it when uh, we have guests because, I mean, just the three of us, sometimes we just kind of. I already know what you're going to say know. most of the time. <laughs> you're the idiot. Yeah. But we should, that's how we should need to do next is we each do an episode. I'll be Mikey. You can be me. And then he'll be Tommy. And then we'll just. I'm like, hey, that idiot February drop. 27th. 2010 wait a second i got the wrong calendar up my name's michael <laughs> uh, i just say breakfast at the hawks yeah <laughs> it could be a great content uh, or that, would awful. that would be good let's do it man. all right mikey what you got for us though man let's man, just hear some man well shoot man let me let me ask y'all a question real quick when you drink how do you know how do you know that you're drunk what are some indications that uh, you've had enough to drink? When, uh, when the whiskey just tastes like water. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's a, a good, good one. one. That's a good one. If you haven't um, tried a shower beer. How about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, how about uh, you, uh, you all ha ever uh, went and had a drink and then uh, you stood up to go to the bathroom and you're like, wow, I'm a little bit more tipsy than I thought I was. Yeah, Soju did that to me. Ooh, so that stuff creeps up on you. Yeah. We Johnny, you ever had it? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. All right, tell me your story, Tommy. So we were in Korea drinking, and I had probably four or five soju drinks, and I asked for another Ooh. one, and she said, 
no, you're done. You know more. You know more. <laughs> and I said, no, seriously, I'm fine. Let's go. Because I'm talking like we are right now. I stood up to go to the bathroom, and I was down just as quick as I got <laughs> It was kind of That's embarrassing. How it goes. And it's how it goes. And we actually well, call so, that time traveling juice. Uh, <laughs> it's dangerous, but it goes down easy. Yep, that those are the ones, man. You got to like watch Marcus out. Like Dongus. Yeah, Douche. Marcus Dongus. Yes, indeed. Mike Welsh, have you met, aka Money Mike? Have you met Marcus Dongus yet? About uh, oh, oh, Marcus uh, or uh, Johnny Phoenix, always yep. predicting the future. Got Man, I got yes. a hot one for you later. It's coming. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to hear it. I can't wait to hear it. So uh, check this out. There was this drunk driver in Oregon that last week got arrested. The governor. That's you just know, a guess. It been. <laughs> That's just a guess. <laughs> 28-year-old Nathan Denzuka. He got arrested, had a little bit of a short race with the cops. Uh, he lost. <laughs> got arrested. And he blew... A .77 blood alcohol level. Jeez. I heard this story. I read this story. Yeah, like highest eight or, ever eight or nine times record, higher. Right? Yeah, nine times higher. Yeah, how about hell. that? Uh, so according to the charts, that's fatal, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Halfway to like that is fatal. Seventy-seven percent of his blood was alcohol. See, yeah. that's, that, no, no. So the way that that works is, is the .77 is that's how many particles per thousand. So it's not actually it's not actually quite uh seventy seven percent. I guess I think I don't care. That dude is fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm just saying is that uh, I'm both impressed and horrified that this guy was driving like that. That guy probably woke up pissed, not knowing where he was. What the hell happened? Ah, man. If he's built up a tolerance to where he was able to even start the car. He has such a tolerance built up to where he's like, oh, shit, we had it again. You know, when I read that story, <laughs> I didn't know how old the guy was, and I expected it to be an older man. And how old did you say he was, Mike? 27? 28. 28. To build up that kind of tolerance, I mean, not only is it horrifying, but it's also kind of impressive. Yeah. <laughs> he's a professional. Yeah. Uh, he was on his way to a vampire party. They were like, yeah, the Spody's here. <laughs> <laughs> You they do, be right, they do have that good Everclear down there. That's right. They got that That's good. True. Night, what's that? Ninety-seven. Yeah, some shit like that. Uh, it's, it, it's, it'll start your fucking car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like a carb cleaner. Starter <laughs> <laughs> fluid. Let's Wanna get strip it. Strip the paint off. Here you go. Man. That's right. And then, did you hear that uh, American Airlines recently had a possible UFO sighting? The pilots actually radioed in and asked if something was in the area because they said something just flew over top of the plane they couldn't tell what it was and there was nothing in the area they're not uh, denying it and neither is the FBI so who knows what it was hopefully it wasn't a missile or something yeah, I was headed for Syria. They're just they're testing out those really really long range missiles now. Is what's happening? They're like, ah, we'll just launch them from Area Fifty One. No big deal. Yeah, they just got launched from a port of Mississippi. Yeah. Well, I mean, if aliens were gonna make contact, now's the time, you know, because shit's well, getting out of control. We viola- we violated their borders by sending back those pictures from Mars. Right. That's right. That's right. right. They're like, oh no. They're like, Hold have you the- seen those pictures? I have. They're cool, but they're boring. It's a lot of rocks, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, how do we know it's Mars? Like, I, n- I need some sort of landmark. They it's, could have taken that like in the Mojave Desert are, or some shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you guys seen this bank robber? And it's like pixelated the fuck out, and then here's Mars, just perfect. Right. Valid <laughs> <laughs> point. Yeah. <laughs> it's all in the middle of, La- of Las Vegas. Not just that, but how long ago did they launch this thing? Like, so it would have been older technology on top of that. Yeah. Granted, it's NASA, but still. I don't even know when it was launched. That's a very good question. Mars only takes six months or so, right? It only takes six months. Well, I mean, it's not that old of technology. Well, it's got to be like rigorously uh, tested, all that shit. So I don't know, man. You you bring up a solid point, but I, I really don't appreciate as the guest you correcting me right off the bat. Fuck you, Mike. Dude, okay. keep it up, money, Mike. You are on the money. I Come like on, it. this is bullshit. When I was on here the first time, I heard there was no I will, rules, so I will be in my trailer. It was launched uh. July thirtieth, twenty twenty. Oh, I guess it really was that long ago then, shit. 
You act like it's got like 1987 cameras and shit on there. Whatever, man. The, all I gotta say is that Samsung needs to it's step fucking its fucking Mars, camera game up Uranus. there. I tried to take a take a selfie the other day. That shit didn't turn out like them fucking Mars pictures. Was it the, but if that's true, man, how easy. crazy is it? Yeah, that's probably yeah. It's probably just how my crazy face. That they got an RC vehicle on the Mars right now. It's nuts. I heard that thing has From. a helicopter on it too that can fly up and take photos like down. Like huh. a drone? Yeah, nice. I saw it at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those racing drones. Now that Radio Shack's closed, you got to build the own kit at Hobby Lobby. That's right. Hobby Lobby. That's right, man. So the FBI like does that. not deny it at all that this... No, the, they no. do not. Hmm. Interesting. Is it just no to, to create interest in the FBI or something besides some sort of scandal where they're fucking up an investigation? No, just, uh, I don't know, just to prevent uh, American Airlines from getting sued, I guess. Interesting. Give it some legitimacy. Wouldn't it turn around and sue back to Boeing? Probably so. Did any passengers, any eyewitness accounts? Nope. Just the pilots, huh? It was just a quick over-the-cockpit, they said, that an object flew overhead, and they were able to just catch a glimpse of it real quick. It was probably Thor. It's an Osprey. We've seen those movies and heard the stories about pilots and like what kind of drugs that they're doing before they're flying these planes, right? So I mean, those were military pilots in war. Yeah, was it was the Germany's secret weapon during World War II was methamphetamine? Crank, yeah, yeah, yeah. all their all their soldiers were on it. My secret weapon too. (laughs) Great, excellent. Speaking of that, how about Tiger Woods? Man. Do you think he's going to ever be the same again? No, he'll never be the same. I mean, he might play in charity events, but I don't see him competing again. I honestly don't even think that fucking golf's even on the map right now for him. Right. I don't even think that's a subject. His right leg was destroyed, man. I think they're covering up for him. I think he was intoxicated. So, uh, in case you didn't know, Tiger Woods was involved in a a pretty – Horrific accident. Yeah. Like I yeah, said, yeah, people said it flipped a couple times. He wasn't drunk or anything like that. Allegedly. Oh. I think he was running late. Yeah. There was somebody he famous. Had a, he had an appointment at a at a course, a tea time, and he was going to do like some charity photo op with Drew Brees, yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So really, Justin it, Herbert. it's Drew Brees' yeah. fault. Yeah. And Justin Herbert. So yeah, it is. Like, Drew Brees' parting shot is to take out Tiger Woods. Fucking yeah. cocksucker. Have you guys seen that documentary on uh, HBO, the one that came out recently about Tiger? It's a two-parter. Uh-uh. It was really well it. done. I watched it recently, and when that story came out, dude, I was I was just hoping that he wasn't, you know, inebriated, like, you know, go through this whole thing again. Because, um, man, yeah. he was on top of the world there for a while, you know? Yeah. He was probably on his phone or something, you know, trying to text, hey, I'm on my way, man. Oh, this is the corner. And he's like four. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he yelled that out the window as the car? Yeah, I do, man. Holy but, shit! Four. You know. <laughs> but hey, we're... he's alive. I'm happy he's alive. It seems L.A. is has has a problem with top tier athletes, and they like to try to kill him. But Tiger survived. So take that, the man. <laughs> I can't take Tiger yet. Any other conspiracy theories you want to talk about while we're at it? (laughs) No, but I think that uh, it'll be a while. But he had a compound fracture, broken ankle. They had to put pins and needles in his foot from what article I read. So, he, I mean, he's got some hardware, man. He's got some time. And they said six months before he could probably even walk normal. So Yeah, he's going to be setting off some metal detectors at the airport. Yep. Yeah, it's a true story. It's a true story. So that's unfortunate, man. But uh, happy he's still alive. So it's crazy. Sounds but good. he sure does have a history with car crashes, though. Is this this is not his first one? I don't I don't no, recall he had another that one, one when all the whole his whole shit was going down. That was in his neighborhood, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah yep. like in the fountain or some shit. Yep. Yeah, he, was he chased by into his a wife. tree. Yep, yep. Oh, and then he right. got pulled over <laughs> in a golf cart one time in Florida. He was all pilled out. <laughs> and they were like, "You know where you're going?" And he was like, "Uh, no." Hall of Fame, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, so man, him and cars, man. He needs to hire a chauffeur. He's got enough money. Get a Maybach. Hire a couple drivers, man. Don't even worry about driving no more. Put the 
put the you know the decals on the side of your Maybach and get paid, you're good, man. Come on. Yeah, he get right. a, he probably could get a sponsorship out of it. You're right. I wouldn't doubt him, especially in L.A. and as visible as he is, as famous as yeah, he is. Yeah, come on, man. What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> Putting yourself in danger like that, man. Come on. Look at Kevin Hart, man. Same thing, man. He almost died. Yeah. Was it Kevin Hart or Tracy Morgan? Both. Tracy Kevin, Morgan uh, got hit by like them. a... Both of them. Yeah. 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 He got, what, Walmart driver hit him or something like that? Yeah. For Tracy Morgan? He Is got that paid. What happened? Yeah, he got paid, man. He had a big-ass lawsuit I think it was a Walmart driver, someone, some sort of big company driver hit him and then he sued the shit out of him. Yeah. He's like, my name's Tracy Morgan and I'm hilarious. You messed up my back. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm back. And now I'm paid. Don't way. say it. Don't say it. <laughs> now I'm paid, motherfucker. Nice, nice. Right on, Mike. So you have any other stories for us? No, man, really though. Uh, I'm looking forward to stuff opening up around here, though, homie. Phase two, let's get it. Hell nice. yeah. So and how yeah. about uh, one day we'll define phase three here in the state. Do they even write that up yet, or are they just going to make it up when the time comes? Make so, it up when the they'll time probably comes. make it up when the time comes, man. It's Inslee, man. Come on. Right on. He's not proactive. Yeah. So right. one of the big uh, issues that's been going on that really is why our guest is here today we were trending negatively when it came to deaths and drug overdoses right before the pandemic. And then as soon as this started, the isolation and well, I don't know how else to put it, but like desperation for people trying to get their fix, the overdoses on uh, specifically in opioids has really, really skyrocketed during this time. I know personally, a couple of people have been affected by this. My, my son is one of them, one of his friends, you know, he would consider a family member passed away of a drug overdose last summer, RIP. But that my son is actually the reason why I wanted to talk about this. And then, of course, I, I know Mike, he's got a, a story to share with us. And statistically, there is only one jurisdiction out of the 38 that they monitor, excuse me, 39. 38 of those have had increases in the deaths from the street drugs. And it's not just the opioids they also have had an increase uh quite a bit in cocaine overdoses as well mainly the west coast the west coast has seen the biggest surge of this so kind of in our area it's concerning it, it will affect us you know me and my son had a really long talk the other day and it, i told you, you know your your friend your brother's pain is over but now we got to pick up the pieces because this has really affected him in school he's been really depressed you know and i i really it just kind of hit home with me and then we were talking about it and I was like, you know, I know somebody who could tell us, you know, a story about this. And that's why we invited Mike on here to, you know, kind of share with us. Yeah. I really, you know, it's cool. Something I'm really passionate about a little bit of background, you know, for listeners. Um, I've been in recovery, got a little over five years clean off of, you know, uh, drugs, alcohol, that sort of thing. Yeah. Congrats, um, man. Yeah. Congratulations. And, you know, to your point about the, overdoses and deaths and just overall drug use going up during this pandemic like I don't know why but I didn't think about that but it really makes sense for me and you know a lot of people that I know in the recovery community are the way that we fight against it I guess I could say connection with other people 12-step fellowships church you know things like that but that that base of it it's you know connections with other people and there's a saying that i picked up uh, pain shared is pain lessened mm -hmm. you know so increase in deaths and overdose during the pandemic like yeah 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 because i think a lot of times sense. that isolation can start to get to you man and then it's if you were already using that as an escape something like this i, could, I can't see how it wouldn't affect you you know absolutely and then the uh, the other part is is that a lot of the drugs are being laced with fentanyl yeah. because the availability of the product you know they're, they're gonna make substitutions unfortunately because this is not like it's a regulated industry for yeah man i was super fortunate to get out i only ran into fentanyl a few times for the listeners you know my main drugs of choice were heroin and meth i got out kind of right as fentanyl was making its way onto the scene mm. and uh, i had like one or two uh experiences with it personally where i used it fortunately you know i alive to tell the story but i can't tell you how many people that overdosed and died while i was out there using or since it's uh, i've lost count yeah that's scary man well i am proud of you for 
you taking the steps and following through and Definitely. appreciate it, man. I appreciate seeing it. how Absolutely. successful you are now and you know the nice family you got. It's good to see. Thank you. For sure, for sure. If you're out there listening and this is something that affects you, you know there is people out there that do care about you. You're not alone. So reach out to somebody. I mean, it, it really at some point, like you said, is pain shared is pain lessened. Yeah, and, and uh, it's not. You know, I I can guarantee. Without even knowing like everybody's story in this room, I, I can guarantee that we either dealt with it ourselves or know somebody or know somebody that knows somebody. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like with within our immediate family, probably. You know, it's something that affects everybody and, and really does need to be talked about more. Yeah. Because there is help out there. You know, there's people that care. There's there's another way of life. Right. And right. you know, from personal experience, when I was in my addiction, I didn't think there was any way out. I really didn't. That's what kept me using for so long. My rock bottom was really in 2015. I was uh, on DOC probation. And if I didn't get clean or clean my act up every time I saw my DOC officer, I would end up in jail. And even though I knew that I would go to jail, I still couldn't stop using it. And I went to jail 10 times in one year. Like I did a tour between Kitsap County, Nisqually, King County, you know, I went to all of them in one year. You should have had that mixtape ready. (laughs) (laughs) Drop it out at all the hot spots. (laughs) Yeah, man. So it's, um, it's definitely, you know, it's good to know that you can recover. I think that that's the main thing that a lot of people get discouraged by is, is if they do slip, Um, you know, there's some controversy I've heard from some people that it's enabling to tell people that, oh yeah, you're definitely going to relapse and all that other stuff. It's negative thinking. If if you're going into this, you know, there is some realities you got to face, but, you know, this, you don't want to do those self-defeating things right, right off the bat. Yeah, I've heard people say 12-step fellowships in the recovery community that's controversial, like you were saying, is relapse is a re- part of recovery. And it's like a double-edged sword. Like, yes, it is a part of a lot of people's stories and recovery and stuff but it doesn't have to be a part of mine standard it doesn't have to be part of my story it doesn't have to be a part of your story if you're just now getting Mm -hmm. clean it's not a part of my story i mean since i really uh, decided to stop and go into treatment and get out and get into a sober living house and uh, follow suggestions and that sort of thing and start to pick myself up I, i haven't looked back i haven't relapsed Good, good. Uh, Glad to hear, man. That's awesome to hear, man. Yeah. So one of the, and then this thing is like, if you let it, it can destroy people if they don't seek help. Like it, it, that's the only way that this is going to end up. As far as my experience is that my sister was a, a heroin addict, but at this, I'm going to tell a story specifically at the time she was on crack. I had given her the keys to my apartment because she didn't have anywhere to stay. I was kind of going through some shit myself and she went to my house with her boyfriend's real piece of shit is this was like in 2007 i had just gotten like a 2006 nissan xterra had that thing hooked up you know with the system in it all that i went to my apartment after i had a doctor's appointment and i went there and just so happened i was like the hell is my suv and after a couple days of trying to track it down so i lived in tacoma at the time this started a two day journey for me to where I tracked down my went on the hunt. Yeah. I went on yeah. the hunt. Well, I was pissed, man. Cause it wasn't, you know, my sister, you know, Tommy knows my sister. So does Eric. She's, she's a good person underneath all that shit, but the fucking drugs just, you know, made her yeah. into somebody that I'm not really proud to say, Hey, sometimes, you know, that's my sister. She I, turned into a real fucking piece of shit and, you know, stole my car. So I ended up tracking them to this trap house up in uh white center near Seattle. And I lived in Lakewood at the time. I heard word of mouth from a couple of people. Hey, I think I saw your card. You know, this was before social media, so I couldn't throw out the little Amber alert for my, <laughs> for my stereo system. <laughs> but yeah, so I ended up there just so happened to be driving. Like it was weird because within five minutes of getting in that neighborhood, I saw my car, the guys pull over at a gas station. And it just so happens. It was a small world that I actually ended up knowing these guys. But when we went back there, cause they, you know, they needed a ride. Cause I was like, yo man, that's my car, dude. I need to get that shit back. You know, they're like, oh, well, so-and-so her boyfriend, my sister's boyfriend had traded it to them for some drugs. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were just mobbing in my shit, man. They had it hooked. They had the lays on the mirror. They had the decal (laughs) in the back. I was like, damn, how long you guys? It was already theirs, (laughs) bro. It was man. So then we go to the house. I dropped them off. My sister's uh, boyfriend happened to be there at the time. 
So of course I get at him and then there's some of his drug friends have no idea who I am. So I end up fighting with like four crackheads to get my vehicle back. And then the Samoan guys, they ended up backing me up. So we ended up, there was like a big ass brawl. I took my shit. I cannot confirm or deny what happened to that guy. Like I, I never heard from him again. I, I don't know what happened. The point is, is that this alters people's lives to where they turn into people that you just don't even know anymore. And it, it almost, you know, they'll do whatever. Yeah. Like yeah, traded. Absolutely. Could I share a story yeah, somewhat similar, you know, absolutely. you know, you said that it turns people into someone that they don't know anymore at the earlier part of my addiction. Like I started off with like pills in high school and shit and they just, I mean, they grabbed me by the balls and I was off running. I ended up getting kicked out of my house, my mom's house backstory at my mom's house behind us. We had moved in my grandma. Um, we had moved her up, up here from uh, down South because she was blind and she couldn't take care of herself. I ended up getting kicked out of my mom's house because in my addiction, I had stolen money from my blind grandmother. Damn. And yeah, that was the last straw for my mom. Uh, yeah. She she booted me out. And that was at the early part of my addiction. It didn't stop me there. You know, I kept going. And the thing that kept me going after I got kicked out and then further down after, you know, more things in my life started falling apart was uh, the guilt and the shame of it. Yeah. Of burying mm -hmm. those things, you know. Which is like and a vicious cycle because then exactly. that would cause you to and use more. more. Yeah. But yeah, you know, through like recovery and stuff and the work that I've done on myself, like I can, I can come in here today and, you know, talk about that stuff. Cause I know that's not the person that I was, yeah. that I, that I am, I should say yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, if one person that, you know, listens to this can, you know, identify maybe and, and see themselves and, and me or who, who I used to be or relate to it and it help them one person, then, then this is worth it. Even yeah, though I was, definitely. you know, nervous as shit coming in yeah. here today because <laughs> As I was telling you guys before, like, you know, I was came in here before talking about sports, bullshit, this and that, but this is something that's personal, super yeah. personal, you know, Bearing your but soul. it's still a big step, right? Yeah. At, at least I don't have the, the drug part, but like with PTSD talking to people, it's hard, but once you start it, you, you feel like a sense of relief. Absolutely. And if you're helping that, you know, that next person out, you're still helping you in a way. Yeah. Going back to like what I said about the human connection, yeah. you know, yeah. shared experience, pain shared, pain lessened. Exactly. Yep. I mean, that's what a lot of people fight depression is. It definitely is the isolation, man. It's had a big effect on everyone. You know, I really appreciate you coming in, joining us. Thanks for having me. For yeah, real. definitely. Do you have any suggestions or where, where could someone like right now, if they hear this, they've heard your story, your recovery, you know, the road to redemption. Yeah. How did you get there? And is there any resources you could plug that they could check out? I'd say, you know, getting out of treatment because, you know, that first first step of, of getting off of the substance is the hardest, you know, whether it be jail, prison or treatment, you know, then what you do after that is like super important. Myself, I got into uh, an Oxford house. There's like over 300 houses here in Washington. You know, I'm not going to go into all the rules and how, how it works, but just know that like it, it works for people, a lot of people. Okay. And uh, it's something I'm still involved with to this day. And I see a lot of, you know, success stories. So if you're interested in that, you know, you can look up Oxford houses in your area and go to OxfordVacancies.com and find one near you, set up an interview and take the steps to get in. Heck yeah. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. But, thanks for coming in, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So coming up next, we got Tommy Two Guns. He's going to show you what's cracking. And now Two Genius One Idiot presents... What's cracking? Good morning. It is Saturday. It's uh, sunny outside, which is good. We haven't seen that in a while. The next couple of episodes, we're going to have some guests on here. We should be having somebody with the cracking organization themselves on the podcast that we're going to interview. Then we're also going to have a couple of fans that are, God love them, one of them's a Boston fan. Whatever. We can deal with it. And then the other one, I think Ottawa. But, Today's episode, I'm going to cover an article that I think everybody can help out with, and it's called Saving College Hockey in Kraken Territory. So I don't know if you guys know how the recruiting works through here. There are only two Division I NCAA teams, college teams. One of those is in danger of getting shut down, and that is the University of Alaska Anchorage. With state budget cuts, they don't have the funding for their college hockey team. A lot of the community members in that area... 
lot of these guys that have graduated that didn't go pro from the hockey team are, you you know, your cops in that area and do a lot of community work in that area and stay, stay put and put some roots down there. But right now they are, I think a million short. They've, they started a fundraising already and which is going to shut down their 6,000 fan capacity arena that they call the Soli. This program has been in there for like 42, 43 years. For three straight years, they made the NCAA tournament in the 90s. You know, there's the powerhouse programs such as Boston College, University of Denver, Colorado College, and North Dakota, and Wisconsin. But we need to try to help to save the Seawolf hockey. The Kraken have stepped up. They're setting up a a fundraising program for them. The effort is trying to get a $3 million uh, fundraiser. Right now, I don't think they're playing right now. So if they can get the funding, they'll start the 2022-23 NCAA season again. If you know anything about hockey, hockey in Alaska has been big. It's it's a staple there. The Kraken have raised more than 150000 from team and individual investors as a challenge gift. One of the quotes from Todd Lewicki, the Kraken CEO, is, We're so proud that Alaska is part of our extended broadcast territory. We want to be part of the community in Anchorage and throughout the state. Hockey is so incredibly authentic in Alaska, which I have visited many times and found it so enchanting. This won't be the only thing we do, but it might be the most important. We are asking our fans and others in the, ho- in the hockey and Pacific Northwest businesses community to step up and join us in this effort. You can go to SaveSeawolfHockey.com. You can even text UAA Hockey to 41444 to donate. Every dollar is appreciated, says Seawolf Hockey Leader. Kathy Bethard. When we announced the program, the first donation was 750. I was so moved by that we had the donations for more than a thousand people and businesses from two dollars to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So it's a big movement to keep them. And if you can help anyway, please do. That way, it helps our recruiting. Right? We lose this. We're losing a lot of recruiting here in the Pacific Northwest. There are four junior hockey organizations in the area. Are five? I think five. One in Portland, four in uh, Washington. But if we, if you can help anything out with this, this would, it would be great. We're going to put the links if you want to help. If you know any businesses, I have a feeling that hockey up here is going to take over a little bit. I, I think deep down, a lot of people act like they don't like hockey, but it, it's like a moped. You know what I mean? They're fun to ride. You don't tell a lot of people you're riding it. But I think a lot of people that like hockey are going to come out of the, the woodwork. So put all the links up on our website, and we'll see if we can save Seawolf hockey. Yeah, thank you, Tommy. Yeah, Always Tommy. bringing the info. I got educated. Thank you, sir. Best part of the show so far. Always, Barnard. always <laughs> dropping knowledge, man. <laughs> like my mind, I was like... <sighs> oh, man, are you okay? so good, I already forgot about what I heard. <laughs> yeah. Like, Who I gotta knew? listen to it a few more times <laughs> yeah, to really you, absorb all that like said, Hey, Johnny, I'm what was your favorite segment. part of that segment? <laughs> well, I think it was the part where Tommy was talking about the Kraken. He kind of educated us on some of the goings-on as far as the NHL and what's coming up. Uh, you know, I can never get enough knowledge from Mr. Two Guns. Absolutely. <laughs> Man. Super educated. Right on. There's been a lot of trade rumors swirling around in the 253. And then Mark Adongis, the man, the legend, the myth, had told you that this was going to be an issue with Pete Carroll wasting Russ's prime. And everyone chalked it up, of course, to trolling, me being a hater, discounting the fact that underneath the trolling, there is sometimes some fact there. And, and you can't deny it, especially in this situation. I think that the one thing that really was discouraging to me is I like a lot of Seahawks individually. I just don't like the collective. And Russ is, happens to be one of the ones that I do like. I, but this is great for me. I'd love to see this guy in a different uniform. I don't, I don't know how you feel about him, uh, Money Mike. Um, man, you know, <laughs> I, I don't I don't like to admit when I'm wrong, you know, like most people. And I even more don't like to admit if you were right about something. <laughs> I don't blame you. Welcome to the club. How, however, you know, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Go Hawks that has said nothing but good stuff for the past decade. Yes. And every time, you know, something's going right, he has like a list of players that he goes down and he, he makes sure to mention in his press conference. 
all of a sudden he is he's doing interviews and his his team and agent is releasing things yeah man as a as a Seattle fan as a as a Russell Wilson fan it's it's super shocking I don't think the Seahawks are dumb enough to deal him this year but I really really Ooh. think that if we make it to the Super Bowl then I'll be forgiven all this will be, be forgiven yeah, distant memory now if we do not I really think that it's either Russ or Pete's last year. Well, I look forward to that because you guys ain't making the Super Bowl without help. <laughs> without help. Yeah. See, I think that that's really what the issue is, is that Russ is letting them know, like, hey, I can't keep doing this. You know, my age, this sport is not designed to where I can run for my life every fucking play. Absolutely. And it's finally caught up with him. And, you know, sometimes the cows or the chickens, which, whichever one of those animals roosts, is now coming to the pasture to do so. <laughs> So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, I, I love farm animals, especially when they're doing something that I predicted would happen. So, you know, and I kind of yeah, look yeah, at it, Mike, as a, as a Green Bay fan, a couple years ago, what Aaron Rodgers went head-to-head with Mike McCarthy, right? Sure. What happened there? You know. Mike McCarthy, <laughs> boom. Two years yeah. later with a new coach, I mean, Aaron had an MVP season. Sure. You know, so th- there's an organization right there that listens to its stars yeah. and lets them run it. I mean, we saw it this year with the Brady-Belichick divorce. Mm. Everybody wanted mm. to know who was it. Was it Brady or was it Belichick? Well, I think we answered that this year. You, you sure know, did. Who, who, who the yeah. hell is the Super Bowl champion and TV how 12. well did uh, Bill Belichick do? You know, Ooh, with the, But he had a former MVP at the helm as well. Like right. Cam Newton was not some chump off the street. He has proven that he can play at a high level, and even in that system, he failed. Oh, absolutely. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, he did okay in that system, but look at him with uh, San Francisco. He has, in my opinion, Jimmy G is done. Oh, he's coming back. You think he's coming back? Absolutely. Easy. You have any comment on this one? Chow, motherfucker. Oh, he's gone. He gone. See, I told you. The Niners fan said he gone. So John Lynch the other day did address this yeah and and he said that jimmy's is our, our quarterback what's he what is he gonna at, say if you look at shanahan's record with jimmy g starting it's it's not bad man it's it's, it's great and he mm. went to the super bowl jim jimmy g's issue is availability yeah the guy is softer than warm cream cheese he's hurt <laughs> by week two almost every year that's great but you know back to <laughs> russell wilson man i mean let's talk about the uh the trade destinations that you know mark rogers his his uh agent brought to the seattle seahawks yeah Um, we we don't want this to happen but if he did happen these are where we want him to go you know he prefaced it with uh (laughs) with you know russ wants to stay in seattle but because of his no trade clause if you guys were to deal him he'd have to go to these four cities what do those four cities got in common lots of draft capital i think they've got a lot of most of them have cap space with the exception of i think uh maybe the cowboys don't no. I don't know. They're all big markets. What, what was that, Mike? Exactly. They're all big markets. Yeah. Exactly. Who's Russell Wilson married to? Sierra. Sierra. Exactly. This trade I, is automatic super I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's nobody knows a, what's going on behind the scenes here, but the football, those four football teams have nothing in common. You know, the right. offensive line for the the Cowboys is old. And, and after week six, I mean... Their quarterback was running for their life. Yeah. I saw the hit that Andy Dalton <laughs> took last year. Yeah. Right? Dak rolled it. Yeah. Rolled it like, rolled his ankle like Rude. Tiger Woods. And, Four. And Chicago Bears, <laughs> uh, they got a great defense, but their offensive line isn't fantastic. No. You know? So I really yeah, think so it's, it's the big market. So just to break it down, in case you were wondering, you mentioned the four teams. I believe it was the Dolphins, the Jets, the Raiders, and the Cowboys, right? And no, I, I, the, the Saints. The four, the four two that Mark Rogers said to the Seahawks that Adam Schefter reported on were the Raiders, the Saints, the Bears, and the Cowboys. Okay, yeah. I thought it was the Dolphins too. There was the, uh, early reports well, about that. Dolphins. Was uh, Schefter? Schefter said because the, there was it actually was a total of six teams that oh, they really? mentioned. Yeah. I think part of it was misreported. Like they, they just ran with the teams they thought that they would go to. So you're right that that's what his agent said was mm-hmm. those four, the dolphins and jets got in there somehow because I think they're just trying to, I, I don't know. I think it's a leverage thing to be yeah. honest. And you know, I'm going to be a Hawks fan forever. Right. So as a Hawks fan, you know, if Russ demands a trade and he's out of town, I start thinking like, well, you know, 
what could we get for him? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, could we, we'll I, get a haul. Right. We'll I, get a haul. I really man. am looking forward to when we talk about your recovery of, from being a fan of that horrible organization. That, that would be the next episode you're on is when we talk about how you got over being a Hawks fan, um, how <laughs> family members took you back in. You had more friends. People liked you better. That that that'll be the next episode. Fucking shit. Yeah, fucking shit. You can have me on next year too when the Dolphins miss the playoffs again, and and we can hear your laundry list of excuses that you've been you know saying for the past. It's nice. it's not a laundry list. There's laundry is you know you put it in you detergent. No, that's easy. We got way more problems than just the fucking laundry list. What would Russell Wilson do for the Dolphins? Oh, dude. Jerry Curl juice uh, he, all over the locker room. I think he needs to change his underwear right Jerry now. Jerry Curl I agree juice. With you. I see how excited he got. He said, "Oh, <laughs> nah, that was more I like y'all gonna get Aaron Jones." I I don't want him though. We we what have that? Gaskins and we got Ahmed. I think that what we need to invest in is better offensive line for Tua and for them. What are you and guys then, doing with that uh, number three pick? I think we're gonna either trade down because there'll be some teams looking for a quarterback specifically. I think Justin Fields goes number three to whoever we trade that pick to. Yeah. So just so you, you guys aren't going quarterback. You think? No, no, okay. we're sticking with I think two. We're going kicker. No, we won't need a quarterback. <laughs> what we'll need is, uh, cause we'll have Russell Wilson at that point. <laughs> we draft a punter. Uh, how would you feel if Tua came to Seattle? Seattle? I really don't know. I mean, I did not see enough from him. Yeah. In, in, uh, in Miami. Yeah, statistically he didn't do bad. I think that the he bigger he had under a hundred yard in games. Like he did his average depth of target was like three to five yards. Okay. Yeah, he did not bad. go down the field. The at biggest all. difference between like I said is we've talked about this. I don't want to beat a dead rabbit, That's but it. it's his ability to trust those receivers. He he definitely needs some work. Like I think second year, if he's still in Miami, I think he's gonna have a big year. Because he he's got he's got talent. What we need is it, it Fitzpatrick was willing to just chuck it. He always has. Like it, it, he well, throws I mean, those. He's played tight. in the NFL for so many years. And, right, right. And Tua coming from Alabama, you look at tape of Alabama receivers. They're wide open by like right. three to five yards. Right, and I think that that's what scares that in the NFL. Yeah. You don't you you don't find receivers that open ever. I mean, maybe yeah, that was a learning curve for sure. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. That's neither here nor there. Tua, if you're a Dolphin, go Tua. If you're not. I will be so torn if he ends up as a Seattle Seahawk. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. I, yeah, I don't, because yeah, yeah. I like Tua a lot. Like, I've liked him since he was at Alabama. I've liked him since he was at St. Louis in that Hawaii. That documentary did it for yeah. me on his draft. Yeah, that was did. awesome. Yeah, well, very well done. It will be so hard if he becomes a Seahawk. Ugh. Just the thought of it makes me want to vomit. But then again, you guys, you know, lose, you're going to lose some stars too if they traded for Russ. Yeah. You know, yeah. Not, I mean, we're not doing. Two of them. I mean, I was thinking if you went to the Saints, man, we could get Kamara. We could get, you know, we, get we, the, could, we could get Lattimore. They might have to include like some real estate. You guys are going to get like Bourbon Street, the freaking the French Quarter, all that shit. I mean, they could, like this is officially part of Seattle. But the Saints are like 70 mil over the cap next year. Yeah, I don't know how so they could pull I, it off. But if he went to the Saints, man, I mean, NFC Championship, Super Bowl. I sure. think that if they deal him, they'll try to put him in an AFC team. I really do. Raiders. Just, yeah. Raiders got the draft capital in the yeah. thing. I was listening to a podcast yesterday. You know, there's a few powerful, How dare you? powerful coaches <laughs> in the NFL that are as powerful as GMs and could pull this off just talking to each other. And yep. that's John Gruden, Pete Carroll, and Bill Belichick. Since Paul Allen died, rest in peace, Pete Carroll's unchecked, you know? Paul Allen used to be able to reel him in. He just throw some freaking bubbleicious at him, and be like, "Here you go, Pete." <laughs> Pete start chewing it. Forget what they were talking about. So I mean, they could make this. They could make this happen. I don't know. It's a lot of off season drama, but man, I'm here for it. I love this. Shit. I just the the one thing that I'm curious about though is that is it a step forward or a step back? How much power these quarterbacks are getting? Like, because there's talk about Deshaun Watson. He's talking about sitting out the season. Then you got Aaron Rodgers, basically telling them the Green Bay Packers get me some some help yeah. or I'm gone I love as it as soon as it I, lo- you I, like think, it I think it makes it more entertaining now um you know I'm also younger we're younger than like old school you know what I mean but older people they hate it 
they hate it. it they're, the, you know, the shut up and dribble generation. Oh, my and, God. And, you know, do your job, quit being a crybaby. No, they got a, they got short careers. You know what yeah. I mean? Yes, they yeah. make a lot of money. Not as much as these organizations, though. Yeah, that's true. Sorry. So what do you think? How, how do you feel about uh, the potential of Aaron Rodgers being in a different uniform? Yeah, I mean, he served Packers well, man. Like, I'd love to keep him, but. Uh, if they're not going to give him the supporting cast that he deserves, then I don't blame him. Yeah. I do it too. Easy, he's pointing at the the Niners helmet on the blanket over here. Yeah, I think that's where he would go. I, dude, I, I, I oh yeah, hometown, I totally home, think home state. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he's probably I totally see that. Just go back there. What he's going to do is he's going to go there, hold out because they didn't draft him and they drafted Alex Smith all those years ago. <laughs> he's yep. played the long con. That's that's really what Aaron Rodgers is about. Smart. He's not above it. He's smart, and then I'll win a ring in San Francisco. It's really crazy what Rodgers has done. I mean, they've been—he's been to how many NFC Championship games? You know, yeah. back Mike, to back years. Mike, don't want to talk about it. I mean, I don't want to like rub it in about them losing <laughs> no, no, and stuff. True, that's though. that's true, amazing. Though. Yeah, it's he, like he the, the Buffalo Bills. Years. Buffalo Bills in the '90s. What they did make like three Super Bowls in a row, one zero. Yeah. Oh no, it was four. Yeah, it was four yet. in a row, right? But yep. yeah, the Giants. No, Bills number Cowboys, one. Cowboys. Pittsburgh. No, I'm trying to think of who they, they played. They went to four Super yeah. Bowls in a row. I could swear they went to four Super Bowls in I a row. I know they went to two. Three. Maybe they've been to four Super Bowls, but they were like back to back. No, two hold times. on. It was four in a row. But I know they never won one. Because it, it was the Giants, it was the Redskins, and then it was the Cowboys twice. They went four years in a row. I know this as a Miami fan because it fucking was oh, the worst right. period of my life. Oh, it's because it. no, because two of those two of those times that they went, we met them in the AFC Championship, and Dan Marino just. Shit he's the, the yeah. Well, he's the 1990s Aaron Rodgers. Great, great <laughs> yeah, statistically. Pretty much. I mean, at least Aaron got lucky and and got that one. Got one. Beat Brady. I'm talk about See that Rodgers was uh <laughs> while Tom Brady was throwing touchdowns for six in the Super Bowl. Rodgers was picking up dimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. True. True. Man, well, he's got a good record though too. Like Olivia Mund, Danica Patrick. It's got to be the stash. I've seen him on uh, the, the Pat McAfee. Yeah. Seems like a pretty down to earth guy, like low key yeah, cocky. He's but he's been, yeah. doing, he's been doing good stuff with uh, Barstool Sports too. Yeah, 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 and, and, and helping out true. stuff. I don't like Aaron Rodgers, but he's become a lot more likable as I'm seeing him on lose Pat McAfee. NFC championships. No, yeah. no, on Pat McAfee <laughs> and and doing this COVID fund, helping out small businesses and stuff. I love that. Yeah, stuff. you know, watching he's about to giving out them free mustache rides to all the Victoria's Secret models. <laughs> <laughs> all aboard! <laughs> he's gonna be hosting Jeopardy. Uh, for a couple of weeks as well. Coming oh, up in March. That's right. Do you yeah. think he's gonna do any good at that? I think he's. He doesn't strike me as. He's not. He doesn't strike me as know. a dummy, but I don't know if he'd do good on Jeopardy. He's, he's gonna come host out. it. Oh, he's gonna yeah, host he's it. Okay, yeah. I thought he was gonna be a contestant. I, I was like, "Fuck, awesome. this guy." He's I think he'll be good at it. He's well. funny as hell. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a sense of humor, man. That's good. Well, all right, Mike, did you have anything else? Uh, well, I guess that applies to we got doubled up on the mics today, Mike and Mike. Mike squared. Mike squared. <laughs> Mike squared. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about before we, you know, end it on this lovely Saturday afternoon? Yeah, I want to talk about how awesome Derek Lewis was able to <laughs> knock out Curtis Blades. Yes. Did y'all see that? I yes, did. I, I saw it the next day. Come was... on, man. What Blades you... was hitting Derek Lewis, and he was waiting, just waiting for that uppercut, man. That's, that's all he was waiting for. He was eating those leg kicks, eating those punches, just waiting for that one opportunity. Can we talk about those two follow-up shots when he was stone <laughs> on the ground and those freaking punches to the face where he bounced that, his head off that the That is mat? not Derek Lewis's fault. That is Herb Dean's oh, fault, man. 100%. He, you're trained to keep going till the ref Absolutely. stops you. I, I thought that not necessarily clean, but it wasn't his fault. Like right on the no, chin. No, I don't blame Derek too. Lewis at all. Right on the chin. Yeah. It was like one of those things. We're like, oh, he knocked him out. You're like, oh my god, he's gonna die. He killed him. He killed him. <laughs> yeah. You just witnessed the murder. I now rate that above the uh, Dan. What was his face when he did that to Bisbing? He did the flying. Oh, Dan Hendo. Henderson. Yeah, yeah. When Hendo did the, you know, the, the flying armbar from yep. the top rope. Uh, I put that above that, man. Derek Lewis's two punches afterwards are brutal. He would yeah. have knocked someone out with either one of those. Yeah, I'm, I'm so surprised that it was such a boring fight when Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou fought. It was 
watching two guys gas out after like 45 seconds and then just hug each other the rest when they're supposed to be like <laughs> both knockout artists yeah and the fight scared. was so yeah it was like watching uh just and, two and curtis blade two was win, winning that fight yes he was be, he before was. he got knocked knocked out yeah he yeah. was 100 the clear winner of the first round and into the second round yep the power that yep. that uh Derek lewis has though Dude, I'm so happy he won though. Yeah, good for him. Awesome. His Instagram is one of my favorite. He froze. He's frozen in place. Dude, he just Frankenstein him, dude. Just woo. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. All right. Well, that's all I had in there. All right, brother, take us out then. Well, shoot, folks. On top of that, I would like to really thank our guest, Money Mike. Thank you for coming on and sharing uh, your story. Uh, Thanks for uh, coming on and sharing your victories. And uh, we celebrate with you. And to anybody else out there, if you have questions, concerns, reach out to us. Instagram, Facebook, email. Check out our website, folks, 2Genius1Idiot.com. It just got a facelift. Check out the bios. You're going to love them. Heck yeah. Bios. And then don't forget about Mike One's OnlyFans putting the glass cutters on display. Yeah, I had to change that shirt up. My man bun. What's up? Is he paying you for that advertisement? No, dude, I I support my friends. uh, Yeah. Especially in their... Brotherly love. Yeah, that's right. The endeavor. Brotherly love. Yeah, I, uh... It it, it seems my uh, man bod is outgrowing my clothes. (laughs) Starting to look like I shop at the Baby Gap, man. I'm gonna have to set my game up. I got one question for you, Mike. Talk to me. Have you ever coughed so hard... And almost threw up that your nipples got hard. Boy, you know I don't know. I, I don't know. I've almost coughed so hard that I've gagged or even puked. But yeah, I don't know if I've ever focused on my nipples. Yeah, those know. are not the, the you holding back the bile is what it was. It happened to me this morning. I don't know what it means. Cut the mustard, and you're out with the ketchup. That's right. Bro, like, I mean, did they get so hard that you had to focus on them? Like, what happened? Did they hurt? They caught my attention. Yeah. They got, they got caught on the curtain. It was it was awful. Rubbed his forearm on it. Yeah. He's like, oh, whoa. Like, dang, this is there? chafing. Oh, man. All right. Well, shoot, man. I appreciate y'all for hanging out. Uh, happy February. Let's hope for better things in March. Easy hit us with that music, son. Hit it. Uh. I'm just gonna stop myself from freestyling during this shit sometimes. What's stopping you? Huh? What's stopping you? Nah. Just integrity. <laughs> respect. Respect for those artists. You have been listening to Two Genius One Idiot. Who was this episode's idiot? Let us know. Seamless transition. Smooth transition. Smooth transition. (laughs) The real question is, is anyone going to notice that Tommy took off? (laughs) He gone. Tommy too gone.